What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The following episode contains adult content, violence, and sex. Listener discretion is advised. Before you begin this journey with us, a few things to know. Legacy is based off the Star Wars The Old Republic MMO and set in the Old Republic era. Legacy is told in the narrative style of audiobooks while being fully voice acted with music and sound effects. When there's a lightsaber battle, you'll hear it. Legacy is an indie production created by the Tales of the Forgotten Fiction Network. Visit our website, talesoftheforgotten.com, to learn more about our shows. And now, Legacy, Episode 1. No game of Dedrick can be won without pawns. And this may prove to be a very long game. Darth Treya. Prologue. Zarin. Fight it, Larissa. You have to. We'll go. I tuned her out, my mind spinning. I whirled and saw Doc watching us. Perfect. Zarin couldn't allow an innocent to be harmed, especially not the man she loved. I raised my hand, closed the force around Doc's neck, and I began killing him. I felt Zarin's panic. Larissa, stop! But I didn't. I kept force choking Doc harder in fact. Zarin came at me trying to use the force to push me, but I didn't budge. She used my lightsaber to give me a few warning cuts, but I didn't even feel it. Don't! She tried to ram the hilt of the saber into my temple to knock me out, but all it did was make me bleed a little. Do it! Do it! My vision was swimming. I backhanded her hard enough to break skin, but I kept my grip on Doc. She stumbled, but quickly regained her footing. I ripped back my cow, showing her my face, how the taint of the dark side had infected it, my eye burning red. I stared at her with pure hatred, taunting her as I tightened my force grip around Doc's throat. He would be dead in seconds, and we both knew it. Larissa, I can't! God damn it, Jedi! I will burn everything! Chapter 1, Coruscant, Before the Galactic War. Larissa, what are you doing? I stood on the roof of the four-story building, a blindfold around my eyes. Above me, the air traffic of Coruscant whizzed by noisily, but I tuned out the familiar sound. I moved slowly and a bit clumsily, my hands out in front of me. The Force will guide me. I can see the Force. Larissa! Larissa, stop! Termination setting my jaw, I took another step and walked right off the edge. A sudden burst of speed put Kazrin Daklin in the right pace at the right moment to catch me, his little sister, before the Duracrete did. <laughs> there are better ways to see the Force, sister. I pulled off my blindfold. 
I wasn't wearing my eye patch, so on one side I looked like a Miraluka should, with an empty eye socket. However, on the left side, my dark gray eye peered sheepishly up at my big brother. Zarin, my older sister, grabbed me from Kazrin's arms, and I knew her well enough to know she was torn between hugging and shaking me. She settled for the hugging. Why are you so stupid? What were you thinking? I hugged Zarin back tightly. I want to see the forces you do. I wanted it to guide me. It didn't guide me very well. I told you she'd do it. Reed was my twin. Like me, she had one eye, but she was currently wearing her eye patch. Larissa, your family, your Miraluka. You sense the force in your own way, and that is neither right nor wrong. It just is. Mom and Dad don't think that. The Miraluka prided themselves on their powerful force ability, so strong that they saw with the force. It became their eyes. All purebred Miraluka were born with empty eye sockets, except for two. Reed and I were twins, mutations, accidents. We'd given our mother a difficult pregnancy. She had us three weeks early, and both Reed and I came out with one eye apiece and been shunned because of it. My mother often told Reed and I that we would never be as strong with the Force as Zarin and Kazrin were. My father had been all too eager to let the Jedi take us, as the Lucasene, according to him, had no use for us. Zarin must have sensed my thoughts because she kissed the top of my head. Reed punched me playfully in the shoulder. We didn't plan on listening to them anyway. For once, I agree with her. She's right. Listen only to your masters. You'll prove them all wrong. I know you will. I will. I'm going to be the best Jedi ever. Not if you keep walking off rooftops. <laughs> we must get back before we're missed. We don't want another lecture on the danger of attachments. Zarin took Reed's hand and led the way back to the Jedi Temple. Chapter 2. Cliff Notes on the War In truth, I really thought about my parents' rejection. I was focused on the joy of my training. I knew real happiness as a child, sparring with other members of my clan, sneaking into the archives with Reed and reading holocrons we weren't supposed to have access to, secret evening meetings down in the works with Reed, Zarin, and Kazrin that we spent talking about our days apart, what we were learning, and simply reconnecting as a family. Most time during those visits, we just played. Zarin and Kazrin would use either Reed or I to test the strength of their force power by tossing us back and forth. Zarin, Often catch. they dropped us, and boy, did we laugh. <laughs> Our unshakable bond as a family was what I adored so much about us. As a people, the Miraluka had a strong sense of brotherhood. Because Reed and I were born different, we'd never felt that same sense of connection for the rest of our race, except for Kazrin and Zarin. Both were dedicated to the Jedi Order, but Reed and I remained their exception. Despite how quickly we progressed in our training, we were all attachments to each other we were unwilling to let go of. I was seven when everything changed. On a healing mission in one of the more seedier parts of Coruscant, Kazrin found a pure-blood Sith. It was shocking. Beyond shocking, everyone thought the Sith were extinct. They proved otherwise because not an hour after Kazrin's find... The war started. At Kazrin's request, the Jedi Council entrusted Makethia into his care. Makethia was Force-sensitive and taken an instant liking to Kazrin. 
Eventually, she was unofficially adopted into our family. I didn't feel a connection to her, not like I felt to the rest of my siblings, but Kazrin was fond of her, and I could tell Zarin was too. Makethia absolutely adored Kazrin, something I completely understood. But to be honest, I didn't have any kind of time to really connect with Makethia, not being a Jedi in the midst of a war. The beginning years of the Great Galactic War were almost a blur. As Jedi initiates, our training became a lot more real. Our Jedi Masters had no choice but to push us to learn faster, train harder. It was no surprise to any of us when Zarin became a Jedi Guardian, a warrior on the front line that saw a battle almost immediately. Kazrin was a peacekeeper, he always had been, and he spent most of his days on Coruscant in the Jedi Temple, enhancing his Force abilities as a seer. His visions often saved lives. For a time, Makethia stayed with him. Years into the war, she was allowed to begin service in the Republic military. Reed and I became Padawans when we were 12. We saw our first battle at 14. For the next five years, more often than not, I had the honor of sharing battlefields with my sisters. Zarin was a natural leader and I learned a lot just observing her. And rarely did I feel as secure as I did when I knew Reed was watching my back. I was 19 when I was granted the title of Jedi Knight. Reed dropped out of the Order and found her home with the Republic fleet. It didn't take her long to become one of their best pilots. After my knighthood, I was summoned by the Council of First Knowledge. My sensitivity to the Force caught their attention. I would be excellent at sniffing out the dark side, they told me. I was eager to serve any way I could, so I readily agreed to become a Jedi Shadow. I was tasked with hunting down the most dangerous of Sith Lords, of finding relics or talismans that contain the seductive power of the dark side. Above all, every action I took had to cause some ripple that gave the Republic an advantage in what was becoming a vicious war. It started out as an honor. I was a Jedi, after all. It was an added bonus if something I did would make Reed's missions a little less dangerous or give Zarin an advantage. Perhaps it was my chosen path that was truly my undoing. Being in the midst of the war made me see the Republic for all its flaws. Too often I watch good men and women cross the line all in the name of their justified cause. Too often I was forced to cross the line for the greater good. Even worse, learning about the Empire widened my perspective to the point that as the years dragged on, the conflict began to look more and more like nothing but one big dance of ego and intolerance. Hardly a reason for all the lives that were lost and ruined. Mira Lucas didn't believe in good or evil. We were taught to accept both life and death. The more I watched the players of this war, the more I realized those old philosophical tenets that had never before interested me might hold some weight. Worse still, the very reason that made me excel as a shadow was something my master often warned me about. My desire to see the Force as Zarin and Kazrin did, as Amira Lucas should, made me a very strong empath. I had a tendency to absorb the emotions of those around me, a harder time releasing them, making them separate from my own. Those old cautions slowly came back to haunt me as the years wore on. Every time I tracked down and killed a Sith, all that passion and hatred began to penetrate my defenses so much that I could still feel its power hours after battle, 
Meditation didn't always rid me of the feeling, and I destroyed many a training dummy in an attempt to ignore it, to release it. But how did you release something you couldn't control? My thoughts bothered me because I sensed I was slipping onto a dangerous path. I tried vehemently to suppress it, but the war made it difficult. I naturally gravitated towards the fighting style of Juo, too, a vicious and unpredictable form that required a Jedi to attack, but with a controlled passion, an emotion the Jedi Code rejected in favor of peace. The trick was forming a forge within the mind, a box to release those emotions for one specific purpose, and when the battle was over, erase them. At first it worked. I was a skilled duelist, and at times a battle of lightsabers against a worthy opponent was meditative. But as we entered the 15th year of the war, more and more often I just felt myself slipping. Each assassination of dangerous Sith Lords, though the Jedi would never call them that, tempted me to just give in to those darker emotions. While the Republic fought the Empire, I fought them and myself. I was 22 when I met the first man to teach me that deeper emotions didn't have to be dark, and passion didn't always lead to the dark side. Although for me, maybe it did. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Chapter 3. A Different Path. Frack the Empire and Frack the Republic. You look like such the stereotype, too. Elijah Tosh was a chiss and an imperial moth. He'd contacted the SIS years ago and become an invaluable double agent. Elijah not only wanted to defect, but he wanted to become a Jedi. He was extremely strong with his Force abilities, especially at suppressing them. For years, he'd been able to hide his sensitivity from the Sith Lords he reported to. But to me, Elijah was more than just an asset. He'd become a wonderful friend. I had a great respect for his intelligence, his calm and patient nature, his ability to lead. <laughs> They're idiots, both sides. They can be. Still want to be a Jedi? Strangely, yes. I look at you, at what you stand for, at what you've accomplished, and just... Oh, you're beautiful. <laughs> really? That's where you took it? I think, Master Daklin, that you might be someone who could find the right kind of strength inside their passion. My strength comes through you. Your strength comes through you. The Jedi Masters are going to love trying to teach you. <laughs> I will be studious and temper my argumentative nature. It's late. I should go. Back here for a while. I'll be off your grid for a few months, possibly longer. I'm very glad the Force led me to you, Larissa Daklin. And I to you, Elijah Tosh. The first time he kissed me, it was a light, affectionate goodbye kiss. I'm not sure who started the second one, only that by the third, my arms had locked around his neck and his were around my waist, pulling me closer to him. It was not the first time I'd kissed a man. It was the first time I'd done so with real passion. My back hit the door and I moaned, our hands colliding in their wanton haste to get buttons removed and robes pushed out of the way. 
When he took his mouth away, I sucked in a breath that he stole right back because he'd fastened his lips on my neck and put his hand between my legs. His palm cupped me gently, intimately. More. I wanted more. Larissa, have you... you're a Jedi. In the heat of passion, any misgivings I might have had about my actions because I was a Jedi were non-existent. The lines I'd already crossed in a time of war made this one minor in comparison. Inside me. Not against a door. Yes, against a door. I caught his mouth and wrapped my legs tightly around him, urging him closer. The contact made him shudder too. Elijah, please. I could feel his passion, his need, and it was heightening mine. The mixture of our emotions so intense it was almost painful in the best possible way. The darling man went slowly, but it was a firm, long stroke that fit him inside of me, ripping out my low cry. I thrust my fingers into his hair, panting against his cheek, and squeezed my eye closed. All right. As if he couldn't resist, he took my mouth again in a slow, lusty kiss. I sunk into his kiss first. When I drew back, I met his passionate eyes and arched against him. Don't stop. I'd never felt so thoroughly peaceful in my life. I was sprawled stomach first on my bed. My eye was closed, my cheek smooshed into a pillow. If we were discovered and suddenly attacked, I was certain my reaction time would be off by at least three seconds. I was that comfortable. I felt the sink of the mattress when Elijah came back to bed. I smiled when his lips began tenderly skimming the skin of my back. He gently traced a scar on my shoulder, the leftover remains of a blaster shot I'd gotten during one of my first assignments. You have to marry me now. What? I know we're not in love, but we're in strong like. And you're amazingly good in bed. But more than that, you get it, Larissa. You've the strength and conviction to rise above all of this and forge a different path. So do I. Marry me. Let's make our alliance a wonderful formality. I turned on my side to look at him, propping my head in my hand. My dark hair hung around me a disheveled mess. Elijah reached out, running his fingers through it, staring back at me in perfect seriousness. I could see as much as feel his affection. He had a point. I would not abandon my duty, not while Zarin and Reed were still in harm's way. But eventually, my path would diverge from mere Jedi to something else. What, I didn't yet know. We'll take the best from both sides. Form something out of it. Yes. All right. I'll marry you. His response was to curl his hand around the back of my neck and pull my mouth to his. I scooted closer, and soon he'd wrapped his arm around me and rolled onto his back, bringing me with him. My hair formed a curtain around us as we kissed. Slowly. I promise not to let the marriage ruin the sex. <laughs> Prove it. As you wish, wife. Chapter 4. A Uniquely Built Family Elijah and I cemented our alliance in a secret ceremony that only Reed attended because I had not summoned up the courage 
or found the right words to even begin to explain the situation to Zarin and Kazrin. A year later, Amir's secret became much more complicated. I was on a particularly dangerous assignment. I just snuck aboard the Sith Lord's ship, who I was tasked with killing, when the emergency channel on my holocom beeped. I cursed, sunk back into the shadows, and quickly answered it. What? Larissa, you must come quickly. What's wrong? It's not me. It's the boy. I'll be there when I can. The Sith Lord emerged and attacked. The battle was a particularly vicious one, another with a forge I created in my mind shattered in the face of my temper, in the force of the pure hatred rolling off the Sith. I disarmed him and killed him. A big Jedi no-no I didn't feel the least bit guilty about. I simply snapped up my cowl and quickly left the Sith ship. The energy from the fight lingered heavily on me after the battle. Elijah's request sounded urgent, so I only had the short time it would take me to fly to Agamar to work through my meditations. I only felt slightly calmer when I arrived, but for now I was going to have to deal with it until I could sweat it out on a training dummy. When I arrived at one of Elijah and Ike's safe houses on the planet's surface, he opened the door before I even reached for the handle. What's the meaning of this, husband? He is... The Sith boy... The actual redskin race could have been no more than two. When I first laid eyes on him, I cannot describe the feeling that came over me. I can only perhaps relate it to feelings of serenity in its purest form. My agitation vanished. I pulled back my cow. Who is he? I, I don't know. I can feel his force power, though. He somehow managed to sneak aboard my ship. I found him hiding in the cargo hold. Has he spoken? Not to me. I fear he may be a war orphan. That was always the worst. No matter the side, the small ones that got caught up in the middle of the battle were the hardest to take. I sat down next to the Sith boy. He scooted back quickly. I could feel his fear, his uncertainty. He was scared of me, but defiant too, determined to brave through. His childhood had been nearly destroyed. The dark eyes that stared back at me had seen far too much for someone so young. A fierce, protective instinct welled up inside of me. My brows knitted together as I studied his face. I watched his gaze flick down to my lightsaber and something dark and emotional washed over him. I could feel it. The Jedi kill your family. You're safe here. I won't hurt you. Neither will my husband. Elijah was right. The boy was strong with the Force. The Sith would have recruited him as was their law. So would the Jedi. I wanted neither to further taint this young mind. I reached backwards and Elijah found my hand. He was smiling warmly at the boy. The boy stared at us at our joined hands. His tiny face hardened and tears formed in his eyes. Jedi killed my mom. Empire killed my dad. No matter what my life looked like now or how distant those memories seemed sometimes, I had known the joys of childhood. I very much wanted this boy to know the same. What's your name? Vancito. I'm Larissa. I held out my hand to him. For a long moment, he didn't move, just stared at me. I waited, patient. He saw something in my eye or felt it, because when he finally took my hand, he scooted closer until he was curled against my side. 
I'd read and heard plenty of species describing having experiences where they melted. I'd never understood what they meant until that moment. I wrapped my arm around him, holding him close to me. He stayed in my arms all night and most of the next day. Vencito was our first child. Lencoro came two years later. He was not Elijah's, but the result of a very dark night for me and a willing imperial soldier named Pierce. Ironically, years later, Pierce would come into my employ. Veltana was our daughter, Elijah's and mine. Ricky was the only way to describe keeping our marriage and children a secret. Elijah officially defected a year after Veltana was born. For much of her early life, he was around very little, deep in his Jedi training. As difficult as our professions made it, sometimes mine also helped. My assignments took me away from the prying eyes of the Jedi and the Republic, and I cleverly extended missions after they had been completed, or found moments in between them to be a mother, something I loved. My children meant the world to me, and my love for them was all cathartic. I found I could calm or drown altogether the agitation I often felt after battle or the seductive temptation of the dark side simply by recalling their faces. Still, managing it all was more than difficult, and it would have been impossible if not for Reed. The children spent more time with her than they did with Elijah and I. Reed served six years in the Republic fleet, then called it quits. She became more disillusioned with the Republic and the Empire than I was. She turned to smuggling, and to say she excelled at it was an understatement. In between all this, I had rare, sporadic moments with Zarin and Kazrin. I wanted to tell both of them about my family, but it was just never the right time. The war brought an urgency down on us all that made distracting either of them from it an illogical risk. Eventually, I would tell them. I expected Kazrin would be far more understanding than Zarin, but I was ready for it. Despite what they think about my choices, I was positive that they would love my children as much as Reed did. The war lasted 28 years and ended as abruptly as it started. One minute I was on assignment, the next I'd been ordered to come home because peace talks were going to take place on Alderaan. Naturally, I was suspicious, for the thought of peace was such a welcome respite. It meant more time with the children and allows me a chance to begin to think of the future that I wanted for my family. The day the peace talks were scheduled to take place, I boarded my ship and sent word to Reed I was going to Coruscant to see Kazrin. Elijah managed to squeeze away for a few days of rest and had the children with him. I heard Zarin was sent to Alderaan during the talks. I had just walked out of the spaceport on Coruscant when it was attacked. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Legacy. Please remember to subscribe, drop us a review, and share the story with your friends. Now let's roll the rest of the credits. Legacy is a work of fan fiction created inside the Star Wars Old Republic universe. It is written, directed, and produced by Crystal Story. The Daklin family are original characters created by Crystal. A big thank you to BioWare, LucasArts, and Disney for providing such a rich world to create. Episode 1 features voice performances by Crystal Storm, Jake Riker, Bunbarian, Tara, Adam Corman, and Alejandro Paz. Musical scores from Morning Light Music, Cinematic Emotion, Daniel Sirlitza, Bill Snyder III, and Roland Bingdon's There Is No Light. Storytelling music by Kenneth M. Legacy's title and theme song is composed by Daniel Cherlitza, titled Star Wars Dark Side Themes Reimagined. 
You'll find links to all these amazing artists down in the description. Special thanks to Speed Force Music for mixing some of these musical scores. To view the full cast list, get your PDF copy of Legacy, and learn more about Crystal's sci-fi novels and other upcoming fiction podcasts, visit crystalsimagination.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.